0: Welcome to the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health, and our mission is simple, to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Your host is writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King. And this season of Overcoming Monday is brought to you by Mission Grill, It is literally my favorite new restaurant in Anderson, South Carolina on Highway 81. It is incredible. Think Mexican Street Tacos, fresh, organic, and delicious. I go there at least three times a week. This season is also brought to you by The Clever People. For all of your real estate needs in the upstate of South Carolina, if you're looking for a new home, if you wanna buy some property, if you need a place to rent, or if you just want to look at all the available properties and dream about what it would be to live in Anderson, the clever people, they are your people for your real estate needs. Okay, let's get started on this podcast with your host and my wife, Shari King.
1: Hello, Overcoming Monday listeners. I am so excited about my guest today. Her name is Chelsea Hurst. She used to be called Chelsea Crockett before she just recently married. But our friendship has been growing more and more and we had a great conversation. So Chelsea started a YouTube channel when she was a teenager and she became very big in the social media world. But currently she is married and she still has her YouTube channel. She still is on social media. She's also a writer And she's also traveling and doing ministry speaking, and uh, her husband, Nick, is also an evangelist, and he travels. So they're in ministry together. And today, I ask her about her top three. So some of the things we talk about is how do you do social media well? She gives us a little bit of writing advice, and then we just talk about some other things that I think you guys will love. So get ready for Chelsea Hurst. Well, Chelsea, I'm so glad you and Nick came up to visit today. How are you doing? We're doing
2: quite swell. It's good to be in South Carolina. We're actually, you know, still living in Georgia since the last time we talked, mm-hmm. um, but we always love visiting here. It feels like family here, and you guys are always so kind. Let us stay with you and, and hang out, so... Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks um, for having me on here.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you're here, and we were actually going to do this over Zoom. I'm doing a lot of podcasts over Zoom, but since you guys came up, we just right. decided to do it in person, which is fun. It's a rare thing nowadays. Nobody's
2: really meeting in person <laughs> except mm-hmm. for us. We, I think we visited you like twice during this whole madness this year. Which
1: has been fun because actually I think besides my niece, you guys have been our only real visitors. Oh, really?
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. We feel
1: special. <laughs> and now we have, um, the studio is now in our pool house where you guys are staying. Mm-hmm. So that's super fun. It feels like home instead of at the office.
2: Yeah. And guys, if you don't know this, Shari's an amazing painter. And so every time I come in here, I'm always like, hmm, what did Shari start this past few weeks? Like, what has she completed with all her paintings? Sometimes I've noticed you'll paint over your uh, previous paintings mm-hmm. and then you'll get like, you know, a better idea and then you, you you like work in layers it's
1: so cool um, there's if you could take all the different layers off I think that's why people do that for all these professional like right. epic artists they do the scans where they figure out what's underneath oh um, yeah I've never heard of that before yeah they'll do it for like Monet and all of the people and they'll wow. see what was under and what the different layers look like and it helps determine whether it's a genuine authentic painting or not too
2: oh true yeah
1: um But don't do that with mine because usually if I painted over it, I didn't like it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, that's really cool. I I've loved being able to see all your artwork during like all the like different I can tell what's on your heart basically is what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. because you paint what's on your heart and you're an Enneagram four, right?
1: I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. I am either a one or a four. Okay. And they can be very similar. I think it just I haven't figured out what I'm in in health or unhealth. Uh, You know what I'm saying? So am I creative that goes to organization and health, right? Or am I Mm -hmm. like a perfectionist reformist that kind of moves into my creative side when I'm moody? Oh, my
2: gosh. I feel like you're overall a creative person. That's what I've
1: observed about you. Yeah. you know, you never know. You know yourself better than I know you, so... I actually don't know myself better. I can't figure out what I am on this Enneagram thing. So my sister-in-law's uh, getting Enneagram trained as a whatever, coach. Oh, a coach, yeah. So I'm hoping once she's done with the whole thing, we can just sit down and have a long talk. And Yeah, she can figure it out. Well, it's been a while since um, I've gotten to hang out with you and Nick. Mm-hmm. And um, you guys have, well you, got, well, you were married last time, but newly married. Right. Um, And so I wanted to ask you to just kind of tell us a little bit of all the transitions going on in your life. What's going on with you and Nick Hurst?
2: Right. I think it's so fun that we were on your podcast right when we had gotten married. It's such a unique time we're in now. Um, I think around that time that we were married, we had just kind of settled into a new place, I believe, like a new apartment. And now our lease is about to be up and we were we're making like this decision on if we're going to move, like stay in Georgia or not pretty much decided on that we're moving here to South Carolina. So that's fun, but that transition has not been easy because I feel like a lot of times you want like this like huge clarity point in your life where you're just like God's going to tell me this and it's going to mm-hmm. be so clear. And sometimes he's like that, but I've found oftentimes in a lot of things he trusts us with you know the options that we have in front of us and so we're just going to make the best of you know, the wisdom that we have right now and and believing that this is the next step. So I think, Nick, we just went to New Spring this morning and Mm -hmm. it was so, so incredible. For those who don't know what New Spring is, it's the church that Clayton and Chari uh, are a part of. And it's, I think, something I've never experienced before because I don't think I've ever been to New Spring, like, to a service. But especially during COVID, not having anybody there except for mostly just the staff, I started bawling my eyes out today. I could not control it because I was just like, "Oh my gosh, I took for granted the fact that we get to worship together and we get to, you know, be in a building together all in one." And you know, there's not very many people there, but still, mm-hmm. I still felt the presence of God like heavy, like just within the group of people that was there. So, it was really awesome. That's a whole jumbled way to say that we're probably moving here. It's going to be great. It's just awesome to be around. People like you and Clayton that really, truly look out for the best in other people. Mm -hmm. And it's been hard to find that where we've been for the past few years. So Mm. we're excited for that change.
1: (laughs) I think it's hard in general to find um, people who you connect with and people who understand where you are in life. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's worth the journey and worth trying Right. You know, but when you find it, it's such a good gift. Right. For sure.
2: Yeah. And I know that we've talked before about the the Atlanta area and how mm-hmm. you grew up, you know, around that area too. And it's been new for me because we've only been there for like three years and I'm from Southern Illinois and Nick's from North Central Florida, both mm-hmm. really small towns. And so we kind of utilized Georgia as like this middle meeting ground where we got to to get married and it's been a blessing and Mm -hmm. we've had a lot of like great people um, in our lives, but we think that there's time for a change. Like we've been sensing that for a little over a year now. So Mm -hmm. pretty much ever since we got married, we're like, this is not our like permanent place. Yeah. we felt that for a while.
1: Well, Atlanta can be busy. I felt a little lost as a high school student, but I think everyone's lost as a high school student trying to figure out where you fit in. But also I think you can find community, but, There's so much busy. Everybody's Mm -hmm. so busy. It's hard sometimes to know how to slow down when you live in a big city. That was my experience. And to wonder who's staying, who's moving on, is this relationship real? Mm -hmm. I think that happens also in the country. It's not like it's just one place or the other. But life can be slower if if you make it that way intentionally. And I think it's easier when you're not in a big city. Yeah, where it's like pressured to be that way. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so one reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast today is I'm trying to pick for this season, just people who, um, who I love, but also are in interesting stages in life and Mm -hmm. just do something kind of fun where I talk about the top three. Yeah, so that's super top, practical. <laughs> yeah, top three things. So if, when I think about Chelsea, not that this is all you are, but when I think about you, some of the top things that I see that are going on in your life right now is you just got married. So mm-hmm. the newly married thing, right? Um, you just had a book come out. Above mm-hmm. all else, a devotion. Yeah. Um, and with it, is it with Harper Collins? Is that right? It's with Zondervan. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought I just looked in that and it said HarborCon. Sorry, it's Zondervan. Sorry, oh I apologize. Um, and then also you and Nick do a lot of really fun YouTube videos and telling mm-hmm. the story of your life. You've been doing this for a really long time. Really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So social media is like your other top, not the only thing that you do, but like right. a top. It's
2: been a big part of my life.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So, Chelsea, I want to ask you one of your top threes is the newly married question. So I want to ask you, now that you guys have been married for just a little while, how long have you been married?
2: Almost a year and a half
1: A year and a half. That's good.
2: That's good. But a lot of
1: changes have happened. And so if you were going to give a couple or maybe a girl who's listening advice about Mm -hmm. approaching marriage or even being married for that first year worth of time, what would your advice be?
2: Well, I think everybody always mentions the whole, like, just be reminded that you are going to be humbled in this situation of Mm. becoming married and make sure you don't become selfish, all those things. You know, we could gloss over that because I think that's been said a lot. Um, One thing that's been on my heart lately is that I have a different calling than my husband and that we both together have a certain calling together as, like, a married couple. But I am very individual in the things that I'm gifted in, and so is Nick. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that I have tried to remind myself lately is it's good that I'm supportive of my husband and that, like, he knows that I'm, like, there for him for anything and that, you know, I would drop everything just to, you know, support him. But also I know that God has instilled gifts in me as well, and to not get lost in, you know, the ooey gooeyness of marriage. When in reality, like together, you individually walking out in your gifts and using those together is what makes you have like a kingdom impact as a couple. Mm-hmm. So I think lately I've tried to pull back and and make myself aware that I am individually gifted in certain things as well, and trying to figure out what that calling is on my life individually and then also supporting Nick and his calling and everything um, because I think that the more I look at my life the more I realize that I'm very different than Nick and mm-hmm. that it's great that we're together because we are like dynamic like it's it's really cool to look from the outside of our life on all the random things that we do sometimes it seems mm-hmm. um, but I think that like if I were to give advice to somebody who is stepping into this or considering it, I would say don't get lost in, like, just the image of marriage. Like, completely, of course, get to know each other, love each other, like, support one another, and, you know, know that that's a call together that you have is to marriage and to learn about each other for the rest of your lives and love each other. But also... Like, lean into what God has specifically for you Mm -hmm. as well. Um, I feel like we've had this conversation before in a way of, like, how, you know, you and Clayton are so different in ways, but yet your calling as a married couple is very unique as well. Mm -hmm. And so I just think some women need to hear that especially because it's a very big temptation to just kind of, like, drop everything and every goal that you have in your life just to support your husband when you should both be supporting one another and like elevating each other's gifts and abilities and, and just what God's put in us uniquely. And I think that's where we have like an even deeper and more impactful life together is when we embrace those things. Yeah.
1: I would agree with you. I think that when we hear the two become one, all of a sudden you feel like you have to be the same person or, and you don't have to be the same person. You're not ever going to be the same person. Mm -hmm. But hard. yeah, right. I mean, um, you have different gifts. You have different personalities. You right. have different pasts. Clayton's from the country. I'm from the city. The other day we were just talking about the fact that he says, I say hose and he says hose pipe for like a hose, a outdoor uh, hose. And I'm like, <laughs> why do you have to say hose pipe? You could just say hose or um, there was some other word. I don't remember, but he was turning it into two words and it really only had to be one. Right. Anyway, it's just funny. Little things you could argue about, but you're just like, you're different I'm different. Right. It's just unique and funny things that right. you do differently and you, you'll you notice those things. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving a silly example of just wording, but when right. it's your personality or it's habits, it can get a lot more serious.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? That's huge because I remember whenever I was thinking that my routine is like the best way to go about life. And, you know, in the morning, I don't start my day with like grabbing my phone. I make sure it's in another room. So that the first thing that I think about is the Lord and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And Nick's like, I just don't work like that. Like, I need to have my shower first. I need to do this, this, this. And I'm like, but you're, you're already distracting yourself right when you wake up. And so we've talked about that a little bit lately. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, the Lord's humbling me in every single area because I just think that I know best about everything. But... In reality, I don't. He's a different person, and I also have to respect the way that he does things, too, and realize that sometimes, although I am his wife and I want to have a good you know, impact on him and want to learn together, sometimes his best learning moments aren't from me. It's yeah. actually from other guys in his life, mm-hmm. so I have to speak that to myself a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, keeping my mouth. I've kept my mouth shut a lot and just yeah. before I say anything, just prayed about. <laughs> should I say something? Should I just let it lie? Should I wait and say something? Yeah. Should I say something now? Sometimes marriage is hard in that way. And I think you have to figure out your spouse and just mm-hmm. learn to understand them for sure. Like Clayton always Clayton has this idea that if you're gonna be successful in life, you have to get up at five in the morning because right. that's when all the best things happen. And I'm like at five in the morning, I can't think. Right. I go to Me yoga. Too. Yeah, I go to yoga at five in the morning. I drag myself in there. I'm laying on the floor going, why am I here? And Clayton's like, let's go. And even after yoga, I want to go home and go back to sleep. And he's just awake. We're just totally different in that way. 5 a.m. is not my good wake-up time, you know? Yeah. But I usually stay up later. I can mm-hmm. I can think later at night, and he's falling asleep at 8 o'clock.
2: Me too. My mind is, like, almost radioactive at, like, 10, 30 p.m. Mm. at night. I yep. can do a lot of really great work then, but it's interesting when you have – almost like opposite habits yes coming together and then you're not necessarily trying to compromise on everything because you need to have individuality but sometimes you have to like agree to disagree on
1: yeah. certain things yeah be individuals but learn how to be unified in right. that individuality supporting one another and the differences mm-hmm. you know but then finding things that you have in common and love together right yeah it's hard it's a journey for sure well, I love that lesson Chelsea, thank you so much for giving us your top marriage advice. We're going to take a little bit of a break because I want to tell you guys about something really exciting that Clayton King Ministries is currently creating. We are creating our very first Crossroads Hometowns Retreat Bundle. In summer of 2020, our ministry developed an online camp resource for churches everywhere and we had over seventeen thousand participants say it was a complete success so now student ministries and bible studies are moving into the fall and they're requesting similar resources for retreats so we are creating the crossroads hometown retreats just for you we understand that planning a weekend retreat for a student ministry is hard work If you've ever volunteered or staffed a student event, you know how big of a beast it really can be. So we have some good news for you. In our Crossroads Hometown Retreats Bundle, you'll receive these things. Four recorded teachings from Clayton King, Shari King, and our friend Brian Good. Three workshops. Two morning devotionals from Josh Gardner. An activities video guide a worship leader coaching video with a full set list, digital student and leader guides, a t-shirt design, media packages, and more. Basically, everything you'll need to make the programming side of your student retreat a breeze so you can focus on doing ministry. We'll be dropping 2020's Crossroads Hometowns Retreat Bundle in September of 2020. And you can be among the first to receive updates at this website address. Are you ready? CrossroadsSummerCamp.com forward slash hometowns dash retreats. Again, that's CrossroadsSummerCamp.com forward slash hometowns Dash retreats. Your ministry's next student event just got a lot easier. Now let's get back to the show. Well, the next thing I want to talk about is your book that came out. What gave you the inspiration for the book? Tell us a little bit about it. And um, then also what was your best writer's advice?
2: Ooh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Those are a lot of little questions. Mm -hmm. I, I had this devotional come out last year in October and it was like so awesome to have this process happen because I have another book that I think we've talked about at one point. It's mm-hmm. called Your Own Beautiful Lifestyle, like beauty guide and also faith guide for young women. But this devotional was really specific to the questions that I got from a lot of women in my Instagram DMs and different comments that I've gotten. And I wanted to have like a one-stop place for women to kind of like start their day with a devotion because I know that some people need like a little like kind of segue yeah like a segue to actually reading scripture and my goal with every single devotion was to create a challenge each day so that people are inclined to read more scripture like I'm always telling them if you feel inclined to read the whole book of Romans today do it like you don't have to have a like cut out that's pretty and perfect to be able to read scripture. Like Mm -hmm. most people who just have a heart for God's word aren't really, you know, they're not always structured with every day. Like Mm -hmm. oftentimes we're led by the Holy Spirit to read several different things and this connects to that and there's a reason that it connects. And so I wrote that book because I wanted people to be inspired to like, follow the Holy Spirit in where they were supposed to read. And mm-hmm. I had encountered a lot of devotionals in the past that just kind of did some tweetable lines and then mm-hmm. they would throw in the devotion, but they wouldn't challenge you to read deeper.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I wanted that for others. So I would say my best like writer's advice um, is to just get used to, because I get this question a lot of, what do I do if I want to write a book? And I'm just like, just start writing right now. Like, write little mini blogs. Whenever you're inspired, write it on Microsoft Word or write it in a little mini Instagram caption. Um, And if you really want to write a book, start writing the book. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that they have to wait for a publisher to come along to get that nudge to write. And I'm just like, true writers who have a heart for writing will write it without having the plan in mind Mm -hmm. already. Um, And... Sometimes I'm speaking to myself because I can get sidetracked by so many other things. But I do notice when I have something heavily impressed on my heart where God will give me an idea for a future book title, and I know it's not going to be for anywhere near right now, Mm -hmm. I'll just write it down, pray on it, and then I'll have it in the back of my mind that this is going to happen probably in my later 30s or 40s. -hmm. Because sometimes I think we need to allow God to do heart work on us before we write on something to guide others because I don't think that that's healthy I think you'll get burnt out in the end if you don't let that transformation happen with you so that's why I love your book too like I've been reading your um I love you more book Mm -hmm. and it's really cool how you've woven your stories through each like section of like I love you more than my past I love Mm -hmm. you more than you know fill in the blank so it's really really awesome that we've Both, I feel like, experience that. It's like we have to live it before we write about it in a way.
1: Yeah, I know. And I think, actually, this sounds terrible, but I can't. I think I Love You More Than My Dream is the one where I wrote about how that book actually took me about five years to write. Yeah. Because I think I kept, I had a title, right? Yeah. And then I had this book that I was writing. And then all of a sudden, that wasn't the right title. And that wasn't the right book. And it changed about however many times. So, and we moved and all of these things happened and I started mm-hmm. homeschooling, like all these crazy things happened in between. But I think that what ended up coming out as a result was where lessons lived and the, the like Bible lessons lived mm-hmm. in my life that ended up coming out on a page. And I realized that I think that we think we love Jesus with everything Until we have a challenge, like you're saying, a challenge in our life. And then we realize, maybe I don't love him very well with my dreams. Maybe I'm trying to pursue my dreams and I've left God behind. Yeah. Or maybe I don't love him more than myself in this one area. I'm like chasing this thing that I think is going to make me happy, mm-hmm. but really only God makes me happy. So I think that life can give you the stories that you need for your book or your blog. Right. And then I also know, I have a friend named Jessica Freeland. She's a ghostwriter. She, oh, she cool. actually, a lot of times will write um, help write other people write their books. So she'll oh, sit down awesome. with them with their ideas. She'll go straight for them and tell their story in a way that maybe like making their story sound better on a page. Mm-hmm. You know? Then they told it. Yeah. Way. And um and she's she's written her own book too, but she really likes writing behind the scenes. And so I think that some people just love to write and that's an option that's an option too. Right. You know?
2: Yeah. And it's really cool to work with someone who's so gifted in that way and that they genuinely do not care about their name being slapped on the title. Mm-hmm. They just have a creative ability and just drive to Mm -hmm. to write and I will say that's not me Mm -hmm. (laughs) definitely I I think like I would have a hard time just like that being my only job or like the only thing Mm -hmm. that I do I feel like it's hard for like multi-passionate people to like, niche down and only mm-hmm. do one thing the rest of her life. But I also know that that doesn't sound limiting to a lot of people. Like to her, it's probably so freeing, and like she's able to do so much with that.
1: It's so. kind of like journalism, listening to someone's story mm-hmm. and then figuring out how to tell it, yeah, and or reading what they've written and saying, "I have an idea here. What about this? You know? yeah, so you're almost like, I see it as almost the producer behind or all the people who help her to produce or make a movie. You know, Mm -hmm. you have the script, you have the producer, and then you have all these people saying, hey, well, what if we shot it from this angle and it just ends up making the movie better? I don't know. Yeah,
2: it's just different perspective. Yeah,
1: so maybe if you like to write, but you don't necessarily want to be that person going to a publisher or whatever, maybe there's someone else who you could write for. Yeah, because there's plenty of people who have stories. They just don't have to tell them. (laughs) Yep. So the next question that I want to ask you and this is like your big thing that you do. I w- would you say you do this the most, like the YouTube videos and social media, interacting with people on social media?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's changed over the years, of course, with different like mm-hmm. niched content or whatever. But it has remained the same like platform that I use. Yeah. To. A lot of things. Yeah. So I
1: think a lot of people, including me, I think sometimes it feels intimidating to get on social media mm-hmm. and to be able to just be yourself and to find your voice instead of feeling like you're speaking to a wall and is anyone going to speak back to me mm-hmm. or. So I wanted to ask you, what is your best advice? Because I feel like you and Nick do a really good job of this, of being authentic, authentic. Authentically, you is that right? Yeah. Authentically, that's it. oh, I don't know why I'm getting my my words messed up. Authentically, you, but not being too vulnerable, um, and not being too polished. You know that that yeah. middle ground. Do you have any advice for people to not give too much on social media to where they're so vulnerable that mm-hmm. you know it could really hurt, but then not holding back so much that you don't really get to know the person. That like good median.
2: Yeah, my thoughts on this have changed over the years because I think I was at a point once where I was way too vulnerable on YouTube and Instagram and everything. And it didn't necessarily like bite me in the butt or anything, but Mm -hmm. it definitely made me burn out like really fast because. I saw it as like a burden to like, if I get on social media, I have to be completely honest about everything going on in my life because I just want to be that authentic person. Mm -hmm. When in reality, I think it's possible to be private, but yet authentic and vulnerable on social media in like a happy medium way. So one thing that I think I messed up with in high school, which I wouldn't say I messed up because I learned from it, Mm -hmm. but I was going through like, you know, several different relationships and breakups and mental illness stuff. And I would just turn on my camera and talk about it as I'm in the middle of it. Mm. And now that I look back, I wish I would have given myself space to heal and to not bring in thousands of people into it because Mm -hmm. you're a human. You can't really handle a bunch of opinions while you're trying to navigate something that's so new to you. So I wish I would have changed that. But now moving into where I'm at, I realize even whenever I was dating Nick, I was posting about him all the time. I was just like, me like oh my gosh, I love him. Blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a thing that a lot of people realize that they're doing in a dating relationship. Um, and I look back and I'm like, man, it probably looks like I don't even like my husband anymore because mm-hmm. I rarely post about him anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case. It's more so the relationship has changed. I'm with him every day. I get to tell him those things that I wrote about and post in person every day. Mm -hmm. And it's not a long distance relationship anymore. It's just changed. So I think whenever people are trying to find the balance of like, how do you be authentically you while also not wanting to get burnt out or like sharing everything is you just have to examine yourself if you're like in a healthy place in -hmm. this moment first of all. I think that when we're in an unhealthy place or when we're going through something right now is probably not the best time to tell everybody about it. Mm-hmm. I think we need to let our inner circle know that we need, you know, help. Or we need people around us to, you know, get through that. Um, but if you are in a healthy place, I think it's fun to just tell stories, you know, about your life, about other things that you've observed. And I think that there's so much purpose in teaching people things online and just using a story to do that. Like mm-hmm. I've realized at least over the past year that, um, I don't know if you've heard of story brand. Have you read story? Brand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They just emphasize so heavily on like knowing why you're talking to people and knowing like what story you're telling. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that like, you know, who your audience is. If it's just, you know, your people in your community, that's great. Um, But I think where people, you know, could have even greater impact is realizing that social media isn't just like a camera roll that Mm -hmm. you're like uploading. You have the ability to truly impact people in their lives. And so having that honesty factor, but also balancing it with knowing where you're at, if you're healthy, if you're not, if you're, you know, just trying to navigate something before you post about it. I think sometimes it's good to post After maybe you've learned from something, Mm -hmm. I've just seen a lot of damage happen when somebody's like in the middle middle, of it, in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the middle of a divorce or whatever. And they're just like vomiting out on social media. It's just, I just almost want to hug them and be like, Hey, you don't have to share this yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think, um, I've noticed, and I think our culture in general will vent on social media, yes, which I think is incredibly unhealthy because Mm -hmm. if you're venting, then you're either going to get people who agree or disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And that can turn your venting
2: and into work. something yeah. that's
1: not great because people, not everyone's going to agree with you, you mm-hmm. know? And so if someone disagrees, it what does it make you mad, you know? Right. Um, and then I think I've also noticed that some people use social media like that; it's their counselor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when they're hurting, they're telling their deepest, darkest secrets. When they're super happy, they're telling it, um, but... Anyway, it's just one of those things where your social media cannot be your counselor. You know, we need to learn how to find somebody who we love, who we can actually talk to through our problems. And then I was talking with someone the other day, and they were telling us, now, I don't know this trend, (laughs) but I heard that it is popular with um, young adults, teenage, that kind of environment. But specifically, they were saying with girls. So... I've heard that there's this trend, like I'm about to post, so if you know, can you go on and like it and share it so that I can get more likes and shares? And I just thought, wow, it's crazy, it you know. And so I think that you're looking for affirmation in that kind yeah. of a situation, and I feel like surely social media sometimes does give you some healthy affirmation, but if it's the way that you're trying to receive affirmation on a daily basis, I think at some point in your life you're probably going to hit some disappointment. You know, yeah. If not
2: already, yeah.
1: Because subconsciously you know if you're posting something and you're asking people to like it that you ask for those likes. You know what I'm saying? You know the
2: reason you're posting about it, yeah.
1: Yeah, and not only that, but you're somehow your identity is wrapped in those hearts, those, like, hearts, yeah. you know? And I think it's hard for, all of us are going to look at them and, you know, get a little bit of a encouragement if you see, oh, more people like this. You know, that's just part of the world that we live in, but I think we have to fight that mm-hmm. and not putting our identity in those heart likes, you know?
2: Right, and I think what helped me with that was I had this pressure on me, like, ever since I was a teenager to make sure that I was keeping up with, you know, the trends and mm-hmm. going along with making sure that I had great engagement and so well, it's I part would, of your career. Yeah, exactly. And I would post every day and sometimes I would think that it was meaningless to post because I'm just like posting a picture of my outfit. And to me I'm like, I want to teach somebody something. Mm-hmm. So whenever I was told, you know, just keep it up, keep like feeding the machine, it was something that just exhausted me eventually and even though I was receiving hearts, Mm likes, whatever you want to call them, I still felt empty at the end of the day from that, and so I knew that from the very start, like from a young age, I knew that I could not seek pleasure or affirmation from the public, like to be honest with everybody on here, I've lost a ton of followers over the past two years, ever since I started being open and honest about my faith, like On Instagram, I used to probably had like closer to 600,000 followers. Now I'm in like the 400,000s and Mm -hmm. I've just like watch it diminish. Mm -hmm. But I don't allow that to make me think. Sometimes it might be some conscience that I think this, but that my voice doesn't matter as much as it used to because I'm not as relevant as Mm -hmm. they say. But in reality, the people who need to hear what I have to say are going to follow me. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how big the crowd is. Like, that's just such a cultural and toxic thing to think that your voice doesn't matter because there's not as many people listening to Mm -hmm. it or it matters if there's one person. And Mm -hmm. and that's the the truth. So and even if you need to hear it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think that it can be really toxic to start to just pay attention to that too much and If you need to hear it from somebody who's received a lot (laughs) of affirmation online, it is not fulfilling, and you should probably try to find some sort of other avenue to receive affirmation, and I suggest maybe, you know, getting some fulfilling relationships in your life and actually developing a deep-rooted relationship with Jesus, because I think that's where things are uprooted, Um, and those desires to have affirmation outside of him is Mm -hmm. is taken out by the root and I think a lot of us need that I need that on a daily basis Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah I've noticed I've been calling my friends more than just texting because you can't see them right so I've been trying to make a point to just call people and check on them which Mm -hmm. isn't something that people really do I mean I'll call people and they don't answer (laughs) you know, and I'll leave a message and they just text me back. Thanks for calling. I'm doing great. And I'm like, no, no, like I wanted a conversation, you know, (laughs) and I think it's just sometimes there's we don't talk on the phone like we used to, or I don't like I, think I used to you called to. me
2: a few weeks ago so I know that you're living this out like you never <laughs> used to call me and I'm like well not that you, you didn't mean to or anything but yeah. like you I think are being more intentional about that and I found yeah. myself doing the same thing too
1: or seeing because so I felt like I would see people in person or I was so busy yeah. you know or going here and there and seeing people and now I've just told myself I think I'm just going to intentionally call mm-hmm. and just say hi to people and just make sure that they're doing okay because I want to know and I want to be intentional. And I think a verbal conversation rather than a text conversation is just different.
2: Yeah. And especially in this time where a lot of people are easy to misinterpret a tone over a text Mm -hmm. or you know might not agree with something you're saying Mm -hmm. and they assume something about you. And when you can just get on the phone or on FaceTime, it just resolves all of that. Like most times people aren't just disagreeing with you about everything like mm-hmm. they are misunderstanding what you're saying often and so I think that's really huge that you do that because it's such a lost art now it is
1: writing letters and um making phone calls <laughs> I actually I don't know who it was I saw somewhere the other day that someone was intentionally trying to start writing start writing letters to people too because we're home mm-hmm. so much now that the mail can be exciting again that's you so know?
2: funny because there was a girl from um, what's it? I was like New Zealand or something like close to Australia like she was in, on a different country, whatever. She sent me a letter mm-hmm. and said that ever since quarantine started, she'd been writing like three people a day Mm. and she had sent us money to go to Starbucks. And she said, as soon as all this over go, go celebrate with Starbucks. And she sent me Polaroids of Mm. her country. And I was like, this is so
1: special. I wish it's like a gift yeah. surprise that you get in the mail.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, if people did this, like, all around the world, people would feel so special every day.
1: Yeah. So maybe we can change social media back to the snail mail. Right. I don't know. Everybody delete your account and just become writers. Right. The U.S. Postal Service will love that. Right. And we could send po- – so so would the Polaroid people, you know, yes, sending exactly. pictures. I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously for the earth, maybe it's better to be the – send pictures through digitally. But I do feel like, in general, you could burn paper if you needed. Right. Yeah. I mean, have a bonfire, save it up for a bonfire in the winter. <laughs> and then you can have s'mores with friends. Yes. yes. It's a circle of life. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Chelsea, I'm so glad you came. I just wanted Me to have too. a fun kind of uplifting top three. Let's just have a few conversations about the top three things in your life that would Mm -hmm. help encourage people and give them some, like, moving forward advice. So if you're a writer, get to writing. Um, You can start a blog for free, easy. I mean... WordPress or... Instagram the, yeah. even has enough
2: space for you to write, like, little mini captions every day. You could even make yourself a challenge where you decide for the next 30 days you're going to write on a topic that you care about or something. Mm-hmm. And you can just give yourself little prompts. It's fun.
1: It's yeah. Fun. And I think, um, is this story... Uh, what did you just say? Store the brand. Story brand. Story brand. There's also some other. Uh, I got an Instagram advertisement for somebody who was saying, "If you need prompts for blogs, yeah. it was this certain company that like provides them for you.
2: That's cool. But
1: it's really neat. Like they'll just send you a prompt and then you can write your blog awesome. on it. But you don't really need props sent to you. Just you think about just during the, the day. Yeah. yeah. Think about during the day. What am I struggling with? What am I loving? What's inspiring? What am I learning? What's what's inspiring me? All of these things. All you have to do really is get up and just answer those questions for people. Yeah. Yeah. Go outside and look at the trees. Mm -hmm. You'll get inspired. For social media, try to stay genuine. Don't get on there too long. Try not to find affirmation or counseling from your social media account, but find some real people. And the top newly married lesson is you are both individuals, but you can be one and still be your own person in yes, a marriage. Exactly. Would you say that? Yeah, I would say that those are all
2: all the things summed up. But I definitely would love to have you on my podcast soon uh, okay. so we can talk about even more.
1: <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah, you can come up with it. And then, Chelsea, will you just close us out by letting people... Um, know how they can get in touch with you Mm -hmm. um, online or, you know, you guys have a podcast too. Yeah. So we have a
2: podcast called the Encounter Now podcast with Nick and Chelsea, And most of our topics are relational. And we we love talking about like all things dating or um, like culturally. We've been trying to do some different topics about the culture right now and, you know, different various subjects. But we would love to have you guys over there. And then we have a YouTube channel called Chelsea and Nick. And, of course, like Facebook, Instagram, Chelsea, Chelsea K. Hurst. So, yeah. Those yeah. are
1: all all the links. Cool. Well, I will definitely, um, when I post this, I'll have it in the notes section as much as I can fit in there. Yeah. And um, with some of the links, uh, I know iTunes doesn't let you actually put the link. You can put it in there, but it doesn't link to it. Oh, okay. Um, but I'll tag them and everything on my Instagram post. But I'm really thankful to have you. Um, here today. Thanks for spending the night. Thanks for eating lunch with me. I hope you had a great day.
2: I did. Thank you, Shari. It's been a blast.
1: All right. See you guys later.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's conversation with Chelsea Hurst. If you're interested in finding out more about her ministry or listening to her Encounter Now podcast with her husband, Nick, or getting a copy of her brand new devotional called Above All Else, just go to her website, chelseacrockett.com. Or check her out on Instagram, Chelsea K. Hurst. If you're interested in supporting Clayton King Ministries, uh, the producer of this podcast, just simply go to ClaytonKingMinistries.com and you can see all that we do there as well as ways to help support this ministry that reaches people with the gospel. We hope we've given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough here on Overcoming Monday.